0: Hey, everybody, it's Joe Trippi, and welcome back to That Trippy Show. Lots to cover this week, a Senate defection, a myth I think we need to bust ASAP, and some math that has to have Democrats encouraged. I sure am. Both Alex and I are on the road today, so we're recording this from two bizarrely different but identical hotel rooms in two different cities. Uh, so anyway, we're getting ready for 2023, so this will be a short episode but plenty to get to this week. Alex... Where should we get started?
1: Joe, before we get into, and it's, I know this is not an a visual medium, but the hotels look really weirdly similar despite us being about a thousand miles away. Before we get into the, the cinema story or, or anything on some of the, the numbers you, you mentioned earlier, I, I wanna hit this AP story that's been making the rounds in the last like 24 hours since we're recording this on our usual Thursday. It has kind of our, our neck of the woods. You, Simon, the Lincoln guys, kind of scratching their heads. And, and I think that's being nice. Uh, The AP ran a story with the lead, quote, young voters who have been critical to Democratic successes in recent elections showed signs that their enthusiasm may be waning in the midterms, a potential warning sign for a party that will need their backing heading into the 2024 presidential race. Joe, that's like totally insane, right?
0: Yeah. And then Axios covered it with a huge headline, Mike Allen, of all people, doing, I think it was like. The next worry for Democrats or something like that, you know, youth vote waning. It is completely insane to sort of set this AP's vote cast has Democrats winning only by 12 points with young voters, which is just by the way, if that were true, we would have gotten wiped out. Okay, over 40 people over 40 voted GOP by 10 points. Nobody disputes that. They're more of the electorate, right still at this stage, that, that age those people are over 40. All the exits said that Democrats won people under 40 by 18 points. So square that. you know that's how you square the fact that, yes, over 41 by 10 for the GOP, even though they're more people slightly, you know, by good margin, The reason we won was we won people under 40 by 18 points. If you only won them by 12, the way AP's vote cast is saying, and that, you know, then there's no way the results happen the way it is. I mean, I tweeted that this is malpractice. Uh, We, like I said, we won the under 40 vote by 18 points, but They they did exit poll, you know, young voters. The whole, by the way, the whole AP vocast and Axios stories were about people 18 to 29. So let's look at that. In the exit polls, 18 to 29 said that they voted Democratic 63 to 34 over the Republican Party, plus 29 points for the Democrats. 29, not 12, not 12. But, of course, now... Everybody, you know, pick it up on AP and Axios. I think Fox is now on this. Big Democratic Party problem with the youth vote. Wait a minute. So just so we're we're clear, we got a party that denies the climate. In fact, they're now saying they're going to close down House climate stuff. They are Taking away women's rights with Dobbs and these crazy total bans on abortion or six week bans or you know whatever they' depending what state or what bill. Uh, national ban, you know, Lindsey Graham's thing. So you got all that going on. You got them voting against gay marriage, against protecting the rights of couples to marry whoever they want. Uh, Anyway, so all this stuff, which I'm sure Generation Z is just like, oh, and they're doing so much about gun violence, too, you know. So I just think it's like insane to believe this. Our friend John Delavope tweeted, to believe the AP vote cast is not an outlier. You also have to believe that J.D. Vance won the youth vote in Ohio, but lost millennials by 16 points, or that Rubio won Florida and young millennials all by the whole core by nine points didn't happen. And you have to believe that all the high quality polls in both states were wrong when they reported that youth preferred Democrats. It's just crazy. And like, by the way, what's really weird about both these stories, both the the AP story in Axios. It just tells you how bad the reporting is. You may have reported, you know, that vote cast said 12 points, but, 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 you know, and there may be a problem with the youth vote. However, exit polls showed Democrats winning the 18 to 29-year-olds by 29 points. In other words, just report the facts. Now, if you're going to report this fact, they reported this without any of these other facts that were talking about right now. I mean, which are, you know, real facts, real people, you know, voted, they did exit polls. I mean, first of all, the AP VoteCast was a mess this year. Anyway, I mean, so anyway, uh, I just think we need to knock that down. I mean, I've been saying, and and Victor She was on in the last show, all of us have been saying, look, if they keep this up, they're going to lose Generation Z Forever, if they keep doing you know these crazy culture wars, it may help them get old white guys to the polls, but it's turning. But off. there's a limit
1: there, yeah. Yeah,
0: it's turning off, and and those old white guys, uh, and I'm you know I'm an old white guy. We're, we're we're gonna we're gonna be gone, you know. So is this generation grows into adulthood, has children, you know, et cetera, it's going to have a major impact. And right now it did. It did in this election and it, it will going forward. In fact, there's going to be a million more Generation Z voters next cycle within that we're in this one. And I, I don't know what the number is, but I suspect there's going to be a few less old white guys.
1: Well, and I think that the thing that the narrative is also missing is that with the numbers that we're seeing, it's not just that they're going to just magically snap two Republicans because they've never had that base. Right. The GOP is going to have to do something to win them over, and we've talked about this at length. And it just hasn't happened, and they can't exactly.
0: Well, it can't. They they can't because MAGA and the MAGA cult wants things that are completely, I mean, in the opposite direction of what Gen Z wants. So there's no way you can put those two things together.
1: That's exactly the narrative that I think this piece is also missing, right? I know we're not gonna expect the AP to call them the mega cult, but I think the reason why I wanted to lead the show with this and why you and I were talking about this before is, it, people might say it's one story, it's two stories, but if you look at how it's spread and how the media is kind of reporting on the story, it's really, really important to kind of stamp this down as fast as we can and make it clear that, by the way, there's momentum, it's working, don't believe the BS. We got to keep our pedal to the floor.
0: Well, I, look, I think it's only going to piss the Generation Z folks, Victor She and other people off more. You know, like how you know, like, oh yeah, yeah, we got to no, we got a problem with you guys. It, look, the Democrats are not perfect for this generation, but like I said, I I said, look, Democrats have to keep working to continue to earn their support and to listen to them and focus on on issues they care about. Certainly the Biden administration actually did, right? I think though what's more important is I have seen, and I've said this before, uh, during the 80s when I saw Democrats turn off a generation and R- Ronald Reagan took advantage of that and the Reagan revolution attracted that generation to register and vote Republican, and they they are and have been ever since. You can lose an entire generation. I've seen a party do that, and I—that's th- what I think is really going on here. It's not, it, yes, Democrats are doing—you know—are doing things and listening and and trying to make some progress on issues that matter to younger voters. Who, by the way, they're never happy because they always—you know—I was a young progressive back in the '80s, and uh, it's never happening fast enough, and all those kind of—you know—even the party you're for isn't doing things fast enough. It's not happening. We can't, we've got to get there. You're never like at a place where, yeah, we're, we're going to be members of the democratic party. I think we've got a lot of work to do to make that happen. I think it's happening, but we got to do a lot more work. But I think the thing that's already happened is they know what party they don't belong to and will not belong to. And I don't see how the Republicans change that because they're so beholden to the MAGA base that is just anathema to, to Gen Z and younger voters. Right. Well,
1: I want to make one more point before we move on, and, and stay with me. So, you and I have both done elections in places where where, where am I gonna where am I gonna go at? <laughs> stay, stay with me. Good point. You and I have both done elections in places without the free flow of information, and one of the things that we've had to do, and this is, a, I think, we'll save the the Mugabe story for another pod, but is he would win. And the day after the election, regardless of the votes, declare that he won by 99%, or he's sometimes higher. Yeah. And oh, sometimes, Well, usually it was 98, but okay. But yeah. what would happen is in these villages that might say 50, 50, or people in the villages knew that they didn't vote 99%. They would just assume because they didn't know what anybody else was voting. They would just assume everyone else did, or we were an outlier. Right. Now back to the states, our democracy is still under serious threat. And if there is a narrative that, oh, maybe we didn't win by as much as we thought we did, or Gen Z has problems or whatever, and then all of a sudden there's a close election and there's some shenanigans, you know, this is part of that narrative, I think, that we we have to stamp down also to preserve the validity of our elections.
0: Yeah, well, this is what's weird about the reporting here is I understand your AP, you have AP vote cast, you're going to report, you know, 12. But wouldn't you there were exit polls, not just one exit poll, there were several exit polls. They all showed 29. Some of them showed over 30 percent of the vote for people 18 to 29. Even though we show this, those facts totally. No, it's just. Democrats are losing. I mean, it was stated as fact that we're, you know, big worry. Democrats are losing support among younger voters. It's insane. If that were true, we would be dead in this last election. Not only that, I mean, they were saying the same thing, by the way. It's amazing because here's the other parallel. Reagan attracted that entire generation. And at the time, Ronald Reagan, as they you know, moved away from the Democratic Party and embraced you know, the Reagan revolution, Reagan was the oldest president in the history of the United States during that period. Well, here they are now, you know, if same thing, you know, he's not going to do well with the younger vote because look how old Joe Biden is. Wrong. Guess what? Yes, he's now the oldest president in the history of, of the country, and at the same time, it is younger voters that are embracing his party by 18 points if you're under 40 and by, you know, close to 30 points if you're 29 to 18. And they're not that's not the stuff they're reporting. It's just he's too old. Democrats are losing them. That's the narrative. And I agree with you. It's all this sort of compounds and there will be a carry Lake out there. In the next cycle, it may even be a presidential nominee of the Republican Party who claims that they won and uh, we've seen that that it was stolen. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so you just keep grinding down on and make the case that Democrats are losing young voters there. This is going on. And you just get to that point where, where, you know, which Trump started that even before he was he won the 2016 election. He was already starting to do the it's going to be stolen thing. And so I think it's just part of the malpractice to report it this way. But there's a responsibility here because the more you play into that narrative, the more it helps somebody who's going to question the results. I agree with you. Question the results and put more doubt in the results of of the next election.
1: Do you like aliens, UFOs, cryptids and the supernatural? What about self-defecating humor? Uh, Actually, it's self-deprecating humor. Well, you may both be right. Alien Theorist Theorizing is a comedy podcast that examines cases like Roswell, Bigfoot, or the Atacama Alien. If any of these topics pique your interest, subscribe to Alien Theorist Theorizing free anywhere you find podcasts or go to alientheorists.com. So I'm glad you said moving away because I want to get to the big story this week, which was Kristen Cinema moving away from the Democratic Party. Yeah, we got to cover it. Most people know by now she's declared that she's going to be an independent. And I want to get a little into the history of it. But Joe, in your experience, is this a good move for her? Like, it, let alone the country and the implications? Well, no, I look, I think it was the only move for her.
0: Let's like, you know, get down to brass tax here, right? She was going to get she was gonna get primaried and she was gonna lose, most likely, given her favorability in both parties, by the way. She's really unfavorable across the board in Arizona. And so yeah, she was gonna lose. She's still gonna caucus with Democrats, she's still going to vote whether it's ninety-three percent or or maybe it'll drop to eighty-nine, but she's still gonna be there, you know, doing that. That none none of that's gonna change. And We do have one extra vote, so which makes it a little easier because we used to have to bend a little more for her or or Manchin. But, you know, and and we'll have to do that on votes this year as well, but, uh, you know, in the next Congress, Senate as well. But the the fact is, we were going to have to do that if if she was still sitting there with a D next to her name uh, with one less vote than we had, than we have now. So I think all that is, you know, much ado about about nothing. You see this. That's why Arlen Specter crossed over and became a Democrat in 2009 when it was clear he wasn't going to win a GOP primary in Pennsylvania. You know, when Joe Lieberman lost the Democratic primary in 2006, and then, you know, one re-election as an independent. I mean, it's, you know, it happens. But I do think the thing that is true about our party that I learned again in the 80s when we were losing voters and a lot of races to Republicans in the 80s, if somebody's going to run for the Senate in Idaho as a Democrat, I'd much rather have a Democrat in Idaho who will vote for it with us 60 percent of the time than have a Republican in Idaho who will vote against us 100 percent of the time. I think it's really important to understand that it's, you know, like Doug Jones, we won in Alabama in 2017. And look, he he was somebody who kept up uh, his principles and voted with Democrats on things that probably he knew. I mean, we know he knew that he was gonna be out of office if he continued to do it, but he did it. And he would hope, you know, we all hope we could still somehow how win. But I think we've got to understand that, you know, like Joe Manchin in West Virginia, he's probably the only Democrat who could win there. Period, bar none. So we can have, yeah, everybody you know, we can have somebody who doesn't vote with us hundred percent of the time, uh, gives us headaches. But we can negotiate with him. We can talk to him. Uh, I'm talking now about just the reality of governing. We have to, I think, understand that when we look at who we're going to nominate in places like Iowa, I think we had a great, you know, Franken was a great candidate this time against Grassley who kind of makes that case, but we can't do what they've done. They, They purged all the people in the middle out of their party and got even more crazy MAGA. I think we have to expand the other way in some of these states. I mean, I understand, look, I think everybody, you know, in the party's big 10 as ours, AOC represents her district, and there will always be strong, progressive voices. You might disagree with them because of how strong and how bold they want to be and, and how fast they want to get something that you realize, hey, that's going to take a while. But we have to grow the other way. I think towards understanding that to win in these other places and bring the the rest of the country along we've got to be open to candidates in the Democratic Party that are not lockstep 100% gonna be first of all I don't think anybody wants that in this country they want you know somebody's going to look at it so on that front I'm not sure that anything's going to change in Arizona except for now, instead of a, a tough primary, Ruben Gallego lead was leading her significantly in all the, the major polls. She had no shot at all. So this wasn't about, that's what I'm saying, this wasn't about I'm leaving the Democratic Party because I only vote with them 93% of the time and they don't like me. OK, no, that wasn't what's going on here. She's leaving to, she's not really leaving. She's just putting an eye next to her name because it gives her a place on the ballot where it's a three-way race where she might be able to win. And that's all that's going on on here. And, you know, frankly, it's going to be interesting. That's going to be something to watch because we've got to win that seat, whether it's her or, or Ruben Gallego. You don't want to carry Lake now to run up now, you can't run up the middle <laughs> with Carrie Lake, but you don't want Carrie, uh, Carrie Lake crazy to become the senator because some Democrats vote, for, uh, you know, in the general election, it's a three way split and Carrie Lake squeaks by or someone like her squeaks by. Right. So that'll be, I think, something the party really needs to look at. Uh, and It'll be interesting to see how much the party, you know, we've seen this in in, uh, in for instance, in Utah, you know, we didn't run anybody. But it'll be interesting to see how that plays out, and we'll be definitely keeping our eye on it.
1: Well, and before we get to one quick reader question and then head out, I I do want to just make the point, yeah, Democrats need to understand it, but Republicans are way behind the curve too in terms of figuring out people that vote 60% of the time. They are full on on the MAGA purity test, purging everyone and just going full wacko. And you saw what happened in this election. They suffered politically for it.
0: Yeah, no, but that that's my point. You, you see parties do this, and when they go into this mode, there's plenty of pieces for the other party to pick up. You know, suburbs, uh, suburban women. Um, there's plenty of pieces that... And you're seeing that happen. That's all I'm saying. And so I think... Uh, I actually think this was a, a mistake, a total misread. This this made a, would have made a lot more sense for Joe Manchin. West Virginia is trending... It's not trending. It is freaking rock bed Republican country. Joe Manchin is the only Democrat who could possibly hold it with a D next to his name, but it would have made a much more sense for him to say, hey, I'm gonna be an independent who caucuses with Democrats and be able to, no matter you know what, sort of be like Angus King or, you know, a true independent who leans with the Democratic caucus. For her to do this with Arizona. I think clearly, because of in migration from California, there's all kinds of different things going on there. But clearly, Arizona is trending to be a blue state. It will be, you know, whether it's two years, four years, six years. It, it won't. This is not going to be a swing place in a while. It still is and will be. But I think this is a this was a mistake for her, and I think in the end, it may turn out that even this kind of cynical move won't, won't save cinema.
1: So Joe, before we go, I just wanted to hit one reader question quickly, because we have a couple between now and the end of the year, I want to get to, but this is from David who emailed in and said, first of all, it was kind of long, so I'm going to paraphrase, but he, he, first of all, thanked you and called you out for accurately predicting that Joe Biden would be the nominee saying that he'd win. And then talking about how we were one of the only people predicting that what happened this year ended up happening this year, close in the house, maybe gaining a seat in the Senate and obviously no red wave. So he said, I listened to a bunch of podcasts, but by far yours provided the most thorough and thoughtful analysis. Democrats overperforming, like we've talked about, wanted to say thank you. He did have a question though, and I thought this was interesting. Maybe you can take it a little more macro. Nate Cohen recently said that Democrats overperformed where abortion and democracy were on the ballot. Michigan, Pennsylvania, for example, but underperformed in New York, where abortion was never at risk. Wanted your thoughts on that and what ballot initiatives could be done in 2024 to drive similar turnout. And I think I want to just take this a little more macro and say, what do Democrats have to do to kind of replicate that abortion wave? Can we keep that going?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, look, that's going to keep happening again, because I think Republicans will continue to pass. And not just that. I mean, it won't just be abortion. It'll be depending on how, you know, how the court rules on a bunch of things. You can see states put more restrictions on gay marriage and other things. I mean, in a way, they're not going to stop here. They meant it. They're going to go after people's rights. And I think, again, that's only going to inflame younger voters even more. Look, I think the reason this ought, happened where there were things on the ballot, obviously. And the reason actually that where it wasn't threatened, where abortion, you know, where rights weren't threatened, like New York, California, you know, where you knew no matter how crazy the right wing nuts got, that it wasn't going to be, uh, your rights weren't going to be taken away from you in New York. You weren't as threatened. You didn't feel as threatened. You were angry about it. You didn't have that fear. So I I don't think there's much at all, you know, bizarre about underperforming and also, you know, people didn't perceive in a lot of those races, some we lost, but it, it, they didn't perceive that we were going to lose. them. A lot like uh, Hillary lost. There were a lot of people who who just didn't think that in any way Hillary was going to lose. They weren't as on fire to vote. They didn't. She lost. I think in places like New York, there's still a little bit of that, right? Because, you know, you just, you just don't think... That someone's in trouble, and then you find out the day, the next day, that they were, and they lost. There are a lot of reasons we didn't take the house. We didn't take the house because in five of the closest races, we lost those races combined by three thousand two hundred votes, like four hundred votes lost here, five hundred vote there. Not in New York. I'm talking about across the country, and I think a lot of it is. You know, people used to, you know, in places where they didn't feel threatened or they thought there's no way a Democrat could lose, there were enough of those people that didn't vote. So I don't think there's a whole lot. There'll be different places where that happens next time. You know, it's it's just a, it's a sort of a roller coaster. But I do think that the issues that motivated, if you know, gun violence, climate change, that motivated younger voters here, those I think the Republicans are are just nowhere on those issues. And those, one, their reaction to them are only going to get worse. Their overreach will only get worse, particularly. Look, look, they have the House now. God knows whether Kevin McCarthy, I don't think he's going to be speaker. They may take multiple ballots to figure out who the hell is going to be in charge of the clown car and the crazy caucus. But are you kidding me? They're going to put bills on the floor that will be plenty motivational to a lot more than just Democrats. Trust me. So, you know, that's what we have. And I keep saying this. I said it all during 2022. If they keep doing the crazy and we keep doing the work, we'll defeat them. And that would be my point. They will keep doing the crazy and we can't let voters
1: forget it. Joe, I think that's a great place to end.
0: Well, thanks, Alex. Thanks, everyone, for listening to that trippy show. Just a reminder, this podcast will always be free and is now a part of Resolute Square, a new force in the fight against autocracy. We've got everything from regular strategy calls to columns from some of the smartest people in politics. I highly encourage you to check it out, learn more, and join us at resolutesquare.com backslash trippy. I want to explain this to you. When I joined the, the Lincoln Project, I did it because I thought we needed to come together, it, not just former, you know, never Trumpers, but Republicans, Democrats, never Trumpers, independents, all come together and form a pro-democracy coalition that fought together for democracy and against its enemies at the ballot box. And we did that. And what I realized along the way, though, was a lot of what we were fighting was the outrage machine of Fox News, Breitbart, alt-right social media. Echo Chamber, Newsmax, all of it, and that they had poured billions of dollars into building that over decades, and that there was no pro-democracy force with a sole purpose of taking on that media. And so that's what Resolute Square is. It's a communications hub for the pro-democracy coalition to take on the enemies of democracy in the media. Uh, that are out there, that are well funded, and that we can't wait for billionaires to start one for us. They're not going to obviously, obviously, and they're now taking over Twitter. So that's what Resolute Square is. It's you know, Lincoln Project was about fighting them in the ballot box. Resolute Square is about taking them on, taking their media outrage machine on. And, and again, that gets back to just how we started the show with this bad reporting on the youth vote. We got to call this stuff out, and we got to knock it down. Before they literally drive the narrative until you know everybody is talking about how the Democrats are losing the youth vote, that'll be watch. So we're going to try to stop that before it starts. But anyway, I hope you'll check out ResoluteSquare.com/trippy. Uh, uh, please subscribe to that Trippy show and leave a review on Apple or wherever you listen. You can always send us a question to that Trippy show at gmail.com or leave us a question and a review on iTunes. We'll be back next week and. Hope you have a great holiday and give us a listen.